the four P's, parlays, player props, and predictions for NFL week three. That is exactly what you're going to get in this video. We got my four favorite player props, a money line parlay, and we'll end it off with the first touchdown score for Sunday night football, Broncos versus 49ers. Let's dive in. If you're curious what my favorite spread picks are for this weekend, I got you covered. Make sure you go watch that week three best bets video. That will be linked at the end of this and linked in the comments down below and in the description. Go check that out. We've been doing pretty well on spreads and over-unders this year. Now, if you want are curious about our favorite college football week four best bets, that's also live on the channel. Link down below. If you're new, hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button too. Comment down below your favorite player prop for Sunday's slate of NFL action. My name is Austin for calling our shot, and we're going to dive right into it. My last note is we're sponsored by Underdog Fantasy, and if you sign up for Underdog using code COS or the link in the description, you get a 100% deposit match. It's free money. Take advantage of it. Same exact thing for prize picks. If you want to sign up for that one too, 100% deposit match there. All the details are in the description. Let's hop into my favorite player props of the week. And I think you might have heard this guy. He's also on the thumbnail. Justin Jefferson. We're taking his over. 96 and a half receiving yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. Now, yes, this is a hefty price to pay for Jay Jettas, but I think he can get it done. Because in week one, Justin Jefferson nearly doubled this line at 184 receiving yards versus the Packers. In week two, he was strapped up by Darius Slay in the Eagles secondary, one of the better secondaries in the NFL. People are starting to learn that. And he only had 48 receiving yards. But can't put all the blame on Jefferson as Kirk Cousins did not play all too well in that Monday night game and I believe they bounced back in this Sunday showdown against the Lions a surprise team that people really like this year now what we like to see out of Justin Jefferson 11 and 12 targets in the first two games and his reception line sitting at seven and a half so if he can get to that even six even seven maybe eight receptions I think we should have a good chance of hitting this over and in Jefferson's last three games versus the Lions he's owned them 133, 124, and 182 receiving yards in those last three versus the Lions. Lions secondary, not the best in the league. Their defense, not all that good either. They have pretty good offense, a good offensive line. That's how they score points. But they're going to give up a lot of points too. we got a high over-under in this game. Look at the week one, A.J. Brown of the Eagles, 155 yards versus that secondary. And then week two, Carson Wentz and the Commanders didn't necessarily have a guy hit this over, but he threw for 337 passing yards. If Kirk Cousins does that in week three, I have a good feeling that Justin Jefferson's going to get over that 100-yard mark, which is pretty much what we need. Now, if you look at last year, Cooper Cup had 156 receiving yards versus this Lions defense, and it's going to be large in part the role that Jefferson will be playing. Obviously, they have a new head coach, Kevin O'Connell, came over from the Rams. I love Jefferson. I think he gets it done in his last three games in which he had a bad week, you know, under 50 or less receiving yards. The games after that, he bounced back for 104, 69, and 116 receiving yards. Jay Jettis, go get it done. I think he has a big game. Taking his over, 96 and a half receiving yards. Now, let's move on to an under. I haven't taken a lot of unders this year, but I like this one. Antonio Gibson, under 51 and a half rushing yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. Now, I wouldn't, I mean, you're playing with the fire here, but you could take this probably down to 48 and a half. And let's talk about Gibson, because like Jefferson, he's one and one on this line. He's gone over once and under once. Now, in week one is when he went over. He had 58 rushing yards, so just barely clearing this. And then week two, only 28 rushing yards. I mean, he, both weeks he saw 14 carries, so the same exact thing, just not having a lot of success in week two. I don't see success coming against the Eagles on Sunday. Now, the Eagles in his last game against them, he had 15 carries, a big 26 rushing yards. Not, he barely didn't get half of this line, basically. And if you look at Gibson's last 25 games, he is only under this line in 11 of them. So you're like, oh, I don't love that. But in the games that he went over, he had 19 or more carries in nine of those 14 games. I don't see him getting 19 carries on Sunday. I just don't see it in a, in a wheelhouse for what he's going to do. The Eagles have a great rushing uh, defense. I mean, they got obviously guys like Fletcher Cox. They got Jordan Davis, the rookie, Josh Sweat, Javon Hargrave. They got a bunch of elite guys up there. And 
You look in week one, the Eagles, the Russian defense got exposed by the Lions, who I said have a great offensive line, a great scheme. They fixed that up in week two. They limited the Vikings to only 62 rushing yards with Dalvin Cook and company. Also, if you look at, according to ESPN, commanders have the second worst team run lock win rate. That's not going to free up a bunch of holes for Antonio Gibson. I don't see him having a big day. Maybe he does some more on the receiving game. Eagles also six and a half point favorite. So if they do get up early, we could see the commanders throwing it a lot. Maybe some shorter passes to guys like Curtis Samuel and whatnot. And the Eagles like to chew clock fourth in time of possession. So when they get up, they're going to be chewing clock. And I think they're going to have a pretty good chance of getting that done. So taking Antonio Gibson, taking your under in rushing yards. Now let's move on to another running back taking his over though. David Montgomery of the Bears taking his over 67 and a half rushing yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. Now in week one versus San Francisco, an elite rush defense in the pouring rain. Montgomery didn't have a good week. 17 carries for 26 yards. Like the 49ers are a great rush defense. Last year, they gave the second fewest or this year, they've given the second fewest rushing yards last year, the sixth fewest. They have a very good elite defensive line. And obviously it was pouring rain. They were going to load the box. In week two, Montgomery bounced back. 15 carries, 122 yards. Didn't really have like a big carry. It was like 70 yards that, you know, accumulated for all those yards. Malanga carry was only 28 yards. He was getting some good chunk gains in there. And then, you know, Green Bay last year allowed the 10th fewest rushing yards per game. So it's still pretty decent defense. The Texans, who David Montgomery will play on Sunday, have allowed the third most rushing yards this year and allowed the second most last year. So clap it up, a little bit of an improvement. But you can also check out Damian Pierce if you want to check out his rushing lines. But let's talk about Montgomery because 15 of the last 25 running backs with 10 or more carries versus, the, versus this Texans team hit this over. Also, five of the running back, five of the 10 running backs that went under had 11 or fewer carries. You look at Montgomery's rush attempts line sitting at 16 and a half. He's flirted above and right next to that line, 15 and 17 through two weeks. I think he sees a good amount of carries, probably hovers around that 14 to maybe 18 carries. I think uh, and, uh, David Montgomery has a great chance of getting it done this week. You also have to like what you're seeing, 66 and 80% of the snaps played in week two. I expect them to throw it a little bit more on Sunday. They obviously haven't let Justin Fields throw it. I think they throw it a little bit more, but Montgomery, he can break a big one and get it done. We're taking this over 67 and a half rushing yards. Now, my final player prop for this video, maybe we'll do a separate video, probably waiting until a couple weeks before when we finally get a little bit more data. Here's a guy, two attack of I lower, taking us over 0.5 interceptions or yes to throw an interception, minus 115 on BetMGM. Now, this is a great play because number one, he cashed on the first play of the game, he cashed on the last play of the game, cashed somewhere in the middle, doesn't matter. But yes, I gotta give credit where credit's due. All the Tua fans out there, six touchdowns last week. Congrats, they came back on a big game. I mean, he had looked really good. He also threw two interceptions, so that cashed this bet. Now, this is not an indictment against Tua, honestly. I think Tua has improved a lot under new head coach, but it's more indictment of this Bills defense, which has been very good. Now, there's a ton of different ways this can cash. Now, one, it could be a bad throw by Tua. That could happen. Two, it could be a tipped ball by someone maybe on the line. That could happen. It could be drop pass from a receiver. It could be a Hail Mary for all I care. As long as there's one interception, this bet will cash. And Tua... Thrown an interception in 12 of 23 starts so far in his career, including both games against the Buffalo Bills. Since the start of last season, Bills forced 24 interceptions, the second most in the NFL. 12 of 18 starting QBs that face the Bills have thrown an interception during that span. Seven of nine QBs that have thrown at least 30 or more passes against this Bills defense have thrown an interception. Tua in week one, 33 pass attempts. Week two, 50. I don't know what his line is for pass attempts, but I imagine to keep up with this Bills offense, you're going to be throwing the ball. And also the Bills have a great defensive line and the Dolphins have not gotten anything going on the run. 
on the ground game. So we're going to see Tua throwing it a good amount, and I think maybe one of those hands, one of those passes will go into the hands of a Bills defender. It certainly is possible, and it is worth it is worth noting. You want to monitor the status of Micah Hyde and Jordan Boyer, the two elite safeties for the Bills, as they're kind of banged up right now. I hope they get out there. Dane Jackson obviously was the big injury from that Monday night game. I don't anticipate him playing, but hopefully one of one or two of these safeties can get out there. That'd be great news for us, Tua. I hope you have a great game. I hope you guys have a good chance of winning. Just throw us one interception. It can be on the final play of the half. I don't care how it gets done. Go throw one pick. Now let's move on to the Moneyline Parlay. And I got an interesting one for you. We're on FanDuel. And if you want to sign up for FanDuel or DraftKings or Caesars or BetMGM or any really big book, make sure you check out that dimers.com slash COS link in the description. A bunch of risk-free bets, a bunch of deposit matches. Take advantage of it. It also helps support the channel if you use those links when you sign up. My Moneyline Parlay, we're taking a stab at these teams. Four of them. Patriots, Vikings, Titans, Broncos, plus 1,255 odds. Now, before you click off, allow me to explain, because of last week I came on here and I told you, hey, bet the Jets, bet the Jags, bet the Lions, and bet the Giants. That's the four teams. You'd call me crazy. And well, that cash, that cash, that's <laughs> the NFL. We're week three, anything can happen. And these are four teams where if you look at the beginning of the year and you're like, Austin, you're betting on these four teams to win, you're getting plus 1,200 odds, what's wrong? Now let's talk about each of these ones. Patriots, look, it's a little suspect when the Ravens, who they're playing, we're getting 85 to 90% of the money on their spread. And the spread went from plus three to plus two and a half. Patriots, obviously a great team. First home game for them. Ravens, obviously coming off that big loss to the Dolphins. I know a lot of people are riding with the Ravens. I think the Patriots could pull off an upset here. It's Bill Belichick. They got one of the best coaches, if not the best coach to ever coach football. I think he can certainly get that done. Now, Vikings are obviously the biggest favorite in this parlay. Taking on the Lions, I think this is a great bounce back for him. I know people are high on the Lions, but I think the Vikings get it done. Kirk Cousins has to play better, and I think he will. They'll establish the run and take control of this game. I think the Vikings get it done. Now, the Titans, yes, you got a battle of trash teams so far in the Raiders and the Titans, and this is kind of a big week for both of these two teams. But the fact the Titans are only getting plus one and a half at home, the Titans got spanked last week. They looked terrible. They couldn't get anything going against the Buffalo Bills, and while that's probably going to be the case for a lot of teams this year, I do think that the books are putting a little bit of respect on the Titans and Mike Vrabel to bounce back here. They got to show some heart. I think Derrick Henry gets going in this game, and I don't like what the Raiders are doing. I don't think they have an identity this year. I don't really know what they're doing so far. I think the Raiders stumble again in this one. So give me the Titans. And then to final it out, Broncos. Now, if I'm going to spoil one of my picks in that week three best bets video as I picked the Broncos and Moneyline as one of my three picks, but definitely still go check that video out after this one because the other two spread picks are really good. Now, Russell Wilson, he owns the 49ers. I know a lot of people are betting the 49ers. I know Nathaniel Hackett needs some help and call in place. Call me up. I could probably do better than you've been doing right now, but you know Russell Wilson owns the 49ers. I think he gets another knock under his belt. I think the Broncos kind of finally look like what people kind of were expecting them to look going into the season. So those are the four teams. 100 bucks turned into 1250 Yeah, count me in. Now, speaking of that game, we're going to pick our first touchdown score, and that's what we're going to wrap up the video with. In week one in Sunday Night Football, we cashed out with Mike Evans. Week two, we took Aaron Jones and... He didn't score the first touchdown. He scored the second and then scored another touchdown. So we're still close. This week, we're going with Portland Sutton. Now, my first initial lean was Javante Williams, but 49ers have a good rushing attack. So let me let me tell you how this goes down, plus 900 odds. Now, they're going to get in the first and goal. They're running it with Javante Williams. Nathaniel Hackett's hurt it enough. He hasn't been running the ball in the red zone. They're going to run it. Well, he's going to get stopped because that's a great defensive line. Second play, they're going to roll out. Russell Wilson hits Portland Sutton in the end, end zone. First touchdown of the game, plus 900 odds book it we're taking it to the bank that's what we're riding with now that's going to do it part four p's parlays player props and predictions for week three in the nfl this video is posted every friday at noontime i appreciate you guys for tuning in let me know your favorite prop down below in the comments hit that subscribe button hit that like button i'm austin i'm signing out see you guys next week peace